Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Who are you really chasing? Who in the Rudy Poo are you really chasing? We talk about some, what? <laughs> Hold on. Ben, you got to stop coming on Daddy's show. Look. What is it? Mario. Yeah, my birthday. Come here. Why do you have to keep coming on Daddy's show? Do you want to be on TV too? Yeah. All right. Go close Daddy's door. Love you. Love you. Let's <laughs> door. We got to get that door fixed. That is my project this weekend. We are getting that door fixed. <laughs> it's my son Ben. Anyway, who in the Rudy Pooh are you really chasing? Guys, I'm going to tell you, Bama doesn't scare me. Not in the slightest 
do they scare me? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We talk about that here tonight. Why? And we go in more detail. We talked about this last night very briefly. Why LSU is is should be looking past Alabama to some extent. Why your target and your goal and your eyes should be set on one team and one team alone, and that is the University of Georgia. We break that down. Also, LSU versus Tennessee preview. I got to be honest. Now, Ben McKee, who is a guy that is, is going to be joining us uh, at 7.30 from Vols 247, I think that this needs to be a little bit of a revenge tour for LSU when it comes to playing Tennessee at home. LSU has had to play Tennessee on the road multiple times in the last couple of years. Now Tennessee comes into Alex Box. We preview that series as Doe Lander versus Paul Skeens. Guys, you will not see two MLB starting pitchers really go at it like this in a, in, on a Thursday night in Baton Rouge. Just doesn't happen all the time as you got Paul Skeens, who's absolutely dealing and, and, and Doe Lander who some say he's doing bad this season, but has a 3.93 uh, 3 ERA and is 4-2 and two on the season. We'll break down the Tennessee and LSU preview. As I just mentioned, Ben McKee from Vols 247 joins us to talk some Tennessee versus LSU. And you know I'm going to ask him some football. Might ask him a little bit of recruiting. You know that. I'm looking forward to Ben joining the show. Great first name, by the way. That's my son Ben's name, too. <laughs> we go around your SEC uh, as well. And then LSU Pro Day. I'm actually going to lead off with that one. So LSU had their Pro Day today. I have some news. I know that you're not going to believe it, some of you, but it's true. It is confirmed. We talk about some of the things that we're hearing around LSU Pro Day and Kayshawn Bouti not retesting after having some really bad numbers uh, at the NFL Combine. We touch on that uh, as well. Rob Boudreaux says, we are chasing Mario. That's what Ben said. And he's not wrong, especially if you are a Mario Kart fan. I'm just yearning or waiting for the day that he comes to me and says, Daddy, want to play Super Smash Brothers? <laughs> it's coming, man. They grow up way too fast, dude. D Smith on YouTube says, I want Bo Davis. Bring me Bo. Hashtag Bo better come. Hashtag pause. Yeah, you better put a pause on that, sir. You better put a pause on that. That is for sure. Delton with the best comment of the night says, smash that like button. So yes, all of you on YouTube, if you don't know this by now, it really helps us with the algorithm Every time you smash that like button, every time you smash that like button, an LSU Tiger fan is born. Let me say this again. Every time you hit the like button on YouTube or Facebook and you share this stream and you share these shows, an LSU fan is born. It's just, it, it's science. You can't debate with science. It's a fact, okay? It's like gravity. Science. 
Uh, D Smith says, Blake, I want that $200. Yes, this is true. We are giving away $200 through the show. Um, if we get to win, we get to a thousand subscribers on the Rafino and Joe show and 5,000 subscribers on AYS. So D Smith, you want that 200s? Well then do this. Tell everybody, you know, send them the link and say, I need you to subscribe to, I need you to subscribe on YouTube to both of these shows. Let me know how many people you get to subscribe and then uh, more than likely, I'm going to give you the $200. Just how it works, man. How it works. Roderick Dugal on Facebook says, let's go. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Holden Lee says, opening day tomorrow. This is true. This is true. Ready for my Yankees to take it all. Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. I got to admit my mother's in here. She says the best part of the show, what me or Ben, which part me or Ben? I know it's your grandson. You don't want anything to do with me. As soon as Ben was born, she wanted nothing to do with me anymore. Sad man. So sad. What am I going to do? It's all about her grandkids. Now she does. I mean, it's like I'm chopped liver over here. All right, let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social, social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. Do us a favor. If you're on YouTube, we just talked about it. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button and notification bell. Share it to all of your social media pages. Uh, YouTube, I mean, not YouTube. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Do us a favor by hitting that like and share button. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you're listening to us, on SiriusXM, TuneIn app, wherever you guys are listening, do us a favor by hitting that like and share. We greatly, greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, let's get to our first break. We got a lot to discuss. LSU Pro Day. You can't believe who blew people away. And it's not guys that are actually in the draft that all the buzz was about today when the media was allowed at the Pro Day. We'll tell you everything that you need to know and recap that. Also, who you are chasing and really just college football in the SEC and why it's not Alabama. And then Ben McKee joins us at 7.30. We're back in one minute. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and BetOnline.ag. Don't change that tone. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, mono chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small. 
over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Barno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafina. Sit you on by. We're back. Texas still isn't. Uh, Eric Wright says, did Kayshawn Booty show up for Pro Day today? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, Gasly or Gasly Gamer says, does it not bother Blake that he roots for the same team as Matt Moscona? No. Why would it? Not even remotely close. If he wants, I don't care who roots for LSU. Good for them. It doesn't bother me who roots for LSU. Literally doesn't bother me. Uh, Eric writes it anyone. So, yes, Kayshawn Booty did. So, we can start off with that. Everybody, though, hits the like and share when we start this stream. You know how it goes. Um, so, let's talk about the LSU Pro Day very quickly. Today was a big day for a lot of guys. Some guys... Or a guy, I should say, it was a big day for who wasn't even participating and is not participating in the NFL draft. We'll get to that in just a minute. Sources confirm. Let me just say this though, okay? Kayshawn Booty did not retest in his 40 time. He didn't retest in the vertical jump, bench press, all of that stuff today at LSU Pro Day. There were a lot of guys that had to did a lot of good things. Mike Jones Jr. Mike Jones Jr. Who? As an example, had 25 reps on the bench press. The biggest winner of the day that's going to be in this draft class was none other and easily, and I'm talking about easily, was Jared Bernard Converse. Running a 4-4 flat, having a 42-inch vert, really doing good things in the skill work. He had the best day out of anybody. It's not what I want to talk about, though. Guys, there's two things that I think we need to hit with this pro day. Really three. I'll start off with the positive. That's Jared Bernard Converse. Do you know what it's got to mean to a young man like Jared Bernard Converse who goes to Oklahoma State out of high school, plays and is, is there for four years, through ups and downs of that program, a coaching change is made at LSU. Brian Kelly comes in. He hits the transfer portal. He gets to come home. He gets to play for the school that he always wanted to be at, the school that he always rooted for. Not only that, he catches an interception against possibly the number one overall pick in Bryce Young in the end zone, sets the tone for LSU versus Alabama, had a really, really, really solid season, and all that young man did was come out here today or come out there today and put on an outright show. It's performances like Jared Bernard Converse that gets guys drafted. He worked out. He got ready. He got prepared. And I saw Jared Bernard. I talked Jared uh, Saturday at practice, and we talked a, a, a good little bit there about what he's doing, how he's been, and he looks great. He looks like he's ready for the next challenge, he looks like he's ready to be another dude that's going to rep LSU in the NFL. Massive day for him. 
absolutely massive day for him. I think guys like Mike Jones Jr., Jaqueline Roy also did some good things for themselves. Mike Jones did not get an invite combine, but he did some really good things in skill work and the drill work. He's always going to be a great tester. If Mike can put it all together, I still think that he can make a camp somewhere and do some good things. A lot of chatter was about Jaqueline Roy, but that's not really what I want to talk about. The two things that I want to talk about here tonight, the two massive things that I want to talk about is really this. I want to preface this by saying, I want to preface this by, by saying, I am not attempting to come down on this young man. I am not trying to uh, uh, beat down on him because sometimes you go through things in life and it sucks and it really does suck. It really hurts when you go through challenges like an injury. Guys, I tore my ACL twice. I know what it feels like to be down and out and people not and people just writing you off, people not caring what's going on with you. I've been there. I do have to bring up this question, though. Does LSU have and is in a situation where the subtraction of Kayshawn Booty is an addition by some of the things in his actions and people not being pulled in the same direction that he was leading and that he was living. I don't know who is advising Kayshawn Booty. I don't know what they're telling him. I don't know if there's a situation where he's being told by his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, not to test. I, I don't know if he's if he's working out. I don't know that. I would assume that he is working out. He's getting ready for the NFL. I would assume that he was told by his agency not to retest that he did good enough at the combine. That's what I think has happened. But guys, let me just tell you this. It is really difficult for me, very, very, difficult for me to come out here on this show and stand behind a guy. And I know that he played at LSU and I really do like Kayshawn. Like I, 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 I really, really do like Kayshawn, but it's difficult for me when it seems as if over the last two years, he just hasn't cared about LSU or anybody other than himself. And, and really has not done himself any beneficial things whatsoever. Whatsoever. Guys, he threatened LSU multiple times that he was going to hit the portal. Remember Ed Orgeron's last year? The whole buzz was when NIL came out, Kayshawn's going to hit the portal. 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 Here comes Gordon. Here comes Gordon. It's all the chatter was in that offseason. What can LSU do to keep Kayshawn? Then some of those same type of chirping around, you know, all that same chirping came up when Ed Orgeron's fired and Brian Kelly comes in. And then we hear from Brian Kelly that Kayshawn Bouti, who needed to be rehabbing, had multiple surgeries on his ankle, hasn't even been showing up. And they had to get on the same page and Brian Kelly had to get Kayshawn back to rehab. 
we blamed, we blamed Jane Daniels, Mike Dembrock, Brian Kelly, and so many people about either number one, not getting Kayshawn Booty the ball, or whatever the situation was with him. We blamed so many other people. Guys, it was not other people. It was Kayshawn. His actions have to, at some point, speak louder than words ever will. Is, can Kayshawn, does Kayshawn Booty have the talent to go out there and be a number one wide receiver in the league? Yup. The Georgia game proved that. The UCLA game proved that. The Ole Miss game proved that. He's got the talent. But when you're changing a culture like Brian Kelly has done, you cannot have individuals and people that are inside that building that weigh you down. Nobody can care about Kayshawn Booty's 40 time more than Kayshawn Booty. Nobody. I like the kid. I think he's a great kid. Yeah, I think I am freezing up. Hold on. Hold on. Y'all stay pat. Stay pat. Stay pat. Look at my good friends over the over the Drake Williams law firm. Stay pat. All right, we're back. Let's see if that helps. <laughs> Sometimes you got to plug things in and plug things out. Let's hope that that helps. Sorry about that, American Patriot, but thank you for letting me know. He says, it is just me or is Blake freezing up every 30 seconds? Thank you for letting me know. Um, the audio isn't freezing, I, but I hate that. Sometimes th this stupid thing, Spectrum, can be Rudy Pooh. Let me just say this, though. To end this thing about Kayshawn, nobody can care about what's going on with Kayshawn more than he does. He, if he wanted to, he flirted with Alabama multiple times. He flirted with other people, uh, other things multiple times. Nobody can care. Nobody. Nobody can care about what his future is more than him. And if he does not care about it, he doesn't want to retest, maybe he is injured. I don't know. But it's just not a good look. And from some people's aspects, I start asking the those questions I start really asking the questions, is it better for LSU that he moved on? I don't know. Also, before we get to this LSU baseball matchup for this weekend, something's interesting because I did not go to pro day today, but I probably should have, but I didn't. <laughs> this is what I got on this little device that you call a cell phone. So in case that you see this, and this is from, you know, people on staff, people that are scouts in the league that are, are texting me this, like, so I, and I'm going to get to that. So not just staff, not just people that are on NFL teams, NFL coaches, stuff like that. So if you missed it, Bill Belichick was at LSU's Pro Day today and really took a liking to LSU quarterback Jane Daniels. So I, this is not me asking for this information. This is something that's coming to me. Guys, the, the person that everybody really looked at today and thought had a really, 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 really good day 
was actually Jaden Daniels. Throwing balls to Jure, throwing balls to Kayshawn Booty. There was one that the film that he that he threw to Kayshawn went on a frozen rope. Guys, I'm telling you, if he starts putting things together and he does start hitting passes down the field, you know what's interesting? Guys, you can say whatever you want about Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and what who and, and what Bill has done without Tom Brady. That man has not been to an LSU Pro Day since Nick Saban left and stood behind Jaden Daniels every throw he made and talked to him one-on-one after the Pro Day was over. Why didn't, why didn't he talk to any other player at, there at the LSU Pro Day other than Jaden Daniels? Now, the picture that's floating around, I've told you on this show for multiple weeks now since spring capped open that Jane Daniels legitimately has put on muscle mass, and he has. And he has. I would challenge anybody that rebutes what we just said, why don't you text your source if you actually have one and ask him what happened with Belichick today and Jane Daniels. Guys, he lit it up. Maybe having the confidence that has been bestowed in him by Brian Kelly, recruiting him back to come here, and so many other things has been very beneficial for him. But the guy that legitimately had probably, outside of Jared Bernard Converse, the biggest day, and he's not even in this draft class, is Jane Daniels. You know, I start asking myself questions over and over and over again. Um what Brian Kelly has done with this team and this culture and the staff. And you know what? And I say this every day. I say this every week. I need to put in a request to get Jake Flint, the the strength and conditioning coach on the show. I, 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 I don't like sending requests and, and getting coaches on the show. I just, it's just not my thing. I don't like putting them in situations. I don't like putting myself in situations because I want to ask him them the truthful questions, and if I don't bring them on, then I don't have to ask them the really tough ones that I know that they can't answer, and I don't want to get them in a situation that's going to really hurt them. Jake Flint does not fall in that category, though. Look what he's done with guys like Emory Jones, Will Campbell, and look what he's doing right now with the strength and conditioning side of things with Jaden Daniels, where you got arguably the best coach in NFL history and Bill Belichick, literally sitting behind Jane Daniels after every throw saying, damn, that's a really good throw. Talking to him one-on-one after the camp is over with. So when we sit here and we when we chat, guys, I, I think the buzz around Jane Daniels is starting to grow from a, an, a, draft, an, an, a draft standpoint and not just a draft standpoint, but I think NFL scouts and teams are really starting to take a look at him. Now, I will read a text to you that I had today from an NFL scout that has no LSU ties. He texted me this. He, he called me during my last show, and we just started texting here. And we had already been texting throughout the day. And I said, hey, man, sorry I'm on the other show. He said, we can talk later. Uh, but I just, wanted to tell, I just wanted to send you this before you went on at 7. He knows that we go on 7. Just want to let you know that uh, uh, that Belichick came to see uh, or came to see some good things, and he loved Jaden Daniels in the way that he threw the football and his athletic ability. That is a guy that legitimately has no ties to LSU, has no ties to New England. What do you make of that? Because I will tell you what I make of that is 
The dude's really put in a lot of work to get here. So as LSU goes to this pro day and they do some good things, we'll see. I was going to get to, and I think I'm going to do that this after Ben McKee. Um, after Ben McKee uh, joins us, who LSU's actually chasing, like who they're really chasing in all of this, that being Georgia. Um, so we'll touch on that after the guest. Let me switch, though, very quickly uh, to this LSU and Tennessee matchup so we have some kind of preface <laughs> uh, uh, to this matchup. So look, I can sit here and rattle off all I want to. Paul Skeens versus Dolander, uh, uh, Blake Burke versus Dylan Cruz. We could talk about all that. We can talk about all of that, right? And we're about to. We're, we're legitimately about to. From an LSU standpoint, and Jay Johnson talked about this today. From an LSU standpoint, this is a massive series because what has happened in the last two years when LSU and Tennessee have, have, have got, come together and played. It's been in Knoxville. It's not looked great for LSU. It's got a lot of the same energy that Arkansas had last week. Obviously, Tennessee, it's more because of all the trash talking that they do, all the things that they do on, on and off the field, their coach, et cetera, et cetera. This series is going to be massive for LSU and one that I think, and I don't want to say LSU baseball needed to be revived necessarily because they, look, LSU baseball was still living great, right? Like LSU baseball was still doing a lot of great things under Paul Maneri in those last couple of seasons. They got to a Super Regional versus Tennessee uh, a couple of seasons ago. This is a massive one. You got Dolander versus Skeens, two guys that legitimately, more than likely, can be and are probably going to be top five picks. You probably have what some would believe the number one overall pick to Pittsburgh, and that being your dude, Dylan Cruz. You got Dylan Cruz versus Blake Burke, two dudes that can absolutely mash. And I'm not talking about the TV hit series. Dude, like Blake Burke is already at 10 bombs. You! The box is going to be rocking. So to any Tennessee fan, any LSU fan that can buy tickets, you know what the box is about to be. All right, let's do this. Let's get over to our good friend. I say good friend. It's the first time he's going to be on the show. I'm looking forward to it, man. Tennessee versus LSU baseball. We talk about it next with Ben McKee. But before we do that, let's talk about our good friends over at Gramco, thegramco.com. Guys, we're back in one minute. Let's continue this deep dive in LSU versus Tennessee next. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com 
right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code, AYS25. All right, we are joined here by our good friend. I see, Ben, I say that, and it's the first time that we've had you on AYS. First off, thank you uh, for joining us. But Ben McKee, who covers the Vols for 247 Sports and at GoVols247 on Twitter, you can follow him. Ben, I got to ask you before we talk about this LSU and Tennessee series, though, man. You're a Yankees fan. That's what I love to hear, baby. Here come the Yankees, baby. I love it. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing great. Opening day tomorrow, uh, 1:05 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Just uh, just just thankful that we don't have to watch Aaron Judge come back in the Yankee Stadium as a, a San Francisco Giant. So uh, I, I'm blessed. And, and then on top of opening day, I, I think it's very fitting that on opening day we get number one LSU versus number ten Tennessee. So uh, I, I'm jacked up. It's going to be a fun weekend of baseball. I went to the doctor Ben a while back. Darren, it was around MLB free agency, and I was having heart palpitations. So I asked my doctor, he says, has anything changed? I said, yeah, Aaron Judge might be going to San Diego. He goes, oh, well, I have your diagnosis. It's called a broken heart. So, yes, I am with you. I am glad uh, that the that the judge uh, is back in the pinstripe. So let's talk about this. So I don't want to – I know that our listeners, I'm already getting the text. I can see them now. Blake, stop talking about the Yankees. Let's talk some LSU and Tennessee. Ben, there's a misconception, I think, a little bit when it comes to Tennessee. And and some things, like, look, they're still at 20 wins. They're a top 10 team. They're still a really good team. Doe Lander is a guy that, you know, a lot of people, oh, well, he's 4-2. and two. He's having a down year. I get that. But, man, Doe Lander is still really good. With that, he's sitting around a 4 ERA. He's 4-2 he's and two on the season. I still think he's done really good. But what has he not done this year so compared to last, like what's happened so far to him this year where teams have been able to hit on him a little bit? Yeah, and, and I like what you said. He, he's been good. He just hasn't been great yet. Right. He, it just hasn't clicked for him. He, he hasn't been the Chase Dolander that we saw last season or the, the Chase Dolander that was talked about all offseason long. And uh, his, his stuff is, is still there for the most part. But obviously, if, if you're not living up to your potential, your, your stuff isn't all the way there. Right. Uh, but my, my point in saying that is I, I think that he's still trying to adjust mentally. Uh, th this is a guy that started his career at Georgia Southern, uh, an under-recruited type of guy, although his stuff probably he, – he should not have started at Georgia Southern. Mm -hmm. um, but still started at Georgia Southern. Uh, he, he wasn't uh, a, a Blake Burke coming out of high school in terms of recruiting profile or, or even his fellow Chase on the staff, Chase Burns, uh, guys that Tennessee kind of had to sweat out the MLB draft with. Uh, but Dolander transfers to Tennessee, uh, is SEC Pitcher of the Year kind of right out of the gates. And I, I kind of like a, a rush to, to, to fame relatively in a short period of time. And not to, to say that it's completely getting to his head, but just – trying to adjust to, to being at the top of the scouting report and everybody knowing who he is, uh, knowing what he's what he's pitching for. 
uh, what's on the line every time he toes the the rubber every single Friday night. I think just adjusting to, to being that dude, because looking at last year's Tennessee team, you had Drew Gilbert and, and Jordan Beck and Evan Russell and so many guys who people were aware of. Right. And not that not that Dolander has the personality to, to hide behind those guys, but he was kind of behind those guys by default because he was the new guy. And then now this offseason, he's the face of the program in, in a sense in, in terms of potential and talent and prospects. So I think a little bit of adjusting to that. And, and look, Tennessee's going to have Paul Skeens circled and, and excited to face uh, tomorrow night. Blake Burke's going to want to prove a point, and, and so will everybody else in Tennessee's lineup. That's the same with Chase Dolander. All, all of these college players know exactly who Chase Dolander is, his draft status, and, and they want to show out against him. So I, I think it's more so just a, a mentality change, uh, nothing too extreme one way or the other, but just trying to adjust to, to this new life uh, of being this top prospect. And, uh, you know, last Friday they, they had a miscommunication with the catcher. Uh, the, the catcher thought that they were going off a wristband and or thought they were going off the pitch comm. Uh, system and, and Dolander wasn't going off the pitch comm system. So just little things like that have gotten in the way this season. And uh, I, I still think it's just a matter of time before it, it clicks for him. It's just kind of adjusting to this new lifestyle as a baseball player, so to speak. Do you think that Vitello had to reset some of these guys a little bit? Because I, Ben, I don't even know how to ask this question because I, I keep hearing people around college baseball saying, Oh, Tennessee, they're they're a little down this year. And I'm thinking, guys, we're 25, 26, 27 games some into this schedule, and they got 20 wins. I mean, it, it's kind of so crazy to me. But let me ask you this. If there is one weakness necessarily that Tennessee has had in some of these struggles, what is it? Is it a personnel thing? Is it just maybe they've hit a little bit of luck? Or, as the old saying goes, is it just been baseball? Yeah, I, I think it's just a, it's a new group of guys. I, I think that's been the, the biggest thing. And uh, because Tony Vitello has established this brand name of Tennessee baseball and everybody saw what they did the last two years, I, I think they, they have just sort of expected to, to repeat what happened the last two years with going to Omaha two years ago. And then last year, I know Ole Miss won the national championship and, and Tennessee came up short. I get all that. But you can't convince me that Tennessee was not the best team in all of Oh, I, I don't disagree with you there. I don't disagree yeah. at all. They had one bad Sunday uh, against Notre Dame. And it, it was a game that kind of came down to the wire, sixth, seventh inning, whatever it was. And, and Notre Dame was able to touch up Tennessee for a home run, two home runs, and, and get out of there with a series win. So Tennessee was the best team in college baseball last year, and they returned quite a bit off of that team, uh, mainly off the, the pitching staff, Dolander, Chase Burns, Drew Beam, uh, some bullpen arms as as well. Uh, Blake Burke and Christian Moore, Jared Dickey, they, they weren't necessarily the Jordan Becks and Drew Gilberts last year in the lineup. They weren't the main catalysts, but they, they played a role and, and made some really – big-time plays, both uh, in the box and, and in the field throughout the season to where you could see the potential for those guys down the road and, and get excited about them. So I think because of, of the pitching, the starting rotation coming back, and because the Blake Burks in the lineup coming back, people just assumed that Tennessee would pick up where it left off. And, and like you said, Tennessee is still a good baseball team. It, it's just in the early phases of re-imaging itself and, and mainly – with, with the lineup, there, there's not a single returning starter in the lineup. There's still a lot of talent, 
But Blake Burke, Christian Moore, Jared Dickey, even those guys didn't start for Tennessee last year. Dickey did at times, but battled injuries. Uh, and Burke and Moore made some some spot starts, but they were behind Jarrell Ortega and Luke Lipsius and, and several others. So there, there's been a, an adjustment period, uh, a grace period, and, and they're still going through that. Are they the number two team in the country, like all the preseason polls voted them behind LSU? No. Uh, do they have the potential to get there? Yes. We'll see if they reach that potential because there's still a ton of talent on this roster. It's just a lot of new faces outside of the starting rotation in new positions and, and new roles, and, and they're still trying to adjust. So that that's why there's been a little disconnect, I think, uh, thinking that Tennessee is is down because, hey, they were ranked preseason number two, and they haven't looked like the number two team in the country, especially when you have Florida in your own division being oh. as impressive as anybody, South Carolina, so many good teams in the SEC. Tennessee hasn't necessarily passed the eye test, in my opinion, to, to being that top five baseball team yet because there is so much newness. And Tony Vitello has been saying that since the preseason. He, he's flat out said since December, January, that everybody's overhyping them and this is a completely different baseball team and a new group of guys who are going to have to earn what they get because Drew Gilbert and Jordan Beck, those guys are kind of what built this new age Tennessee legacy. And these guys have, haven't done anything yet outside of those starting pitchers. What have you seen from LSU that you like? Oh, oh and, uh, and, 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 sorry to really interrupt you. And is, is there any weaknesses that you've seen in them too? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, let me just say this. You get a good lefty in there against them, they could struggle. But that that's, you know, that's on me. But what have you seen from LSU that you like? Yeah, and, and speaking to the lefty thing from Tennessee's perspective, uh, all of Tennessee's starters are righties. So I guess that would play into – to LSU's favor. They're hitting 400, they're, Ben. They're hitting 400. <laughs> well, that that's – that. yeah. I, Throw a lefty I, out I, there. I, the dude with the mustache that curls, what's his name? Yeah, Kirby Cannell. He, he's their <laughs> only lefty uh, at, at the moment, and he's more of a, a lefty specialist. Uh, and he, he's, he's a fifth-year senior, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's taking advantage of the COVID year right. this year. And, and he's gotten a ton of big outs for Tennessee in the past. But obviously this LSU lineup is, is it, its own beast. Uh, and Tennessee has a young lefty that's not pitching right now because he's been dealing with some arm soreness. That he, He's going to be a big-time prospect, has been a big-time prospect that Tennessee stole from South Carolina. Uh, and, and is really going to be really, really good. But he's not pitching at the moment. So the, Tennessee lacks lefties. I don't know if that's a good thing or, or bad thing for Tennessee. I don't know if you just say, saw me make the, the cross signal. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there, yeah, there's re a lot of reasons uh, for LSU to be very confident. Uh, they, they are the best team in the SEC right now, in my opinion, and, and the best team in the country for sure. I don't know if Florida and LSU play – uh, during the no, regular season. Yeah, they don't they don't play this year for the first time, I think like five years, which is wild. And that's unfortunate because right. Florida's Florida's been I expected this from LSU. So I'm not like super surprised by what they're doing. And I thought Florida would be good, but I didn't think they'd be this impressive with what their rotation is doing and, and what their lineup is doing from top to bottom. So I, I kind of think Florida and LSU are the two best teams in the SEC right now, and that would be a, a fun series. So I hate that we're not getting that one during the regular season, but who knows? Maybe we'll get it in the postseason. But the, what's not to like about LSU? Uh, their, their starting rotation is rock solid. Their, their lineup is just a beast, as I said a moment ago. I, I guess if you want to split hairs, and, and you would know the LSU bullpen situation better than me, but – 
just on paper. Maybe unproven. You're not wrong there. there. You're not wrong. Maybe, maybe. That's the only thing I see, though. And I, I, I saw statistically speaking, they don't steal a lot of bases. But you don't have to steal a lot of bases when when you hit the way that LSU <laughs> does. So right. uh, we'll, we'll see how the pitching depth from top to bottom. The top is really, really, really good. But that pitching depth that you need to go win a championship, especially in the bullpen, we'll we'll see over the course of the season whether that's a a weakness or not. But I, that that's again that's splitting hairs. No no I, LSU fans, please don't come tweet me. No, I don't think that you're wrong though, and I don't think that any LSU fan with a brain can tell you that you're wrong. Um, I think that that's spot on. I I do agree with you. I want to see Paul Skeens versus Jack Caglion, right? Like I I want to see. Paul Skeens at 102. I mean, Ben, he's hitting 102. I mean, like consistently. And so, for an, even from a – look, people that don't realize Louisiana, they will put baseball ahead of basketball. I don't think most people get that, right? And so, when you talk about that and you got a dude that's dominating like Skeens, they might put a statue of the dude out here, okay? And we're not even through the season. I, I do think that we're missing that. You know what's interesting, though? We do have a really good matchup with a lefty and Paul Skeens that is coming up tomorrow. That's Blake Burke. You know what's interesting? As much as I've watched Blake Burke hit, and I think he's got one of the pure swings that I've seen in a long time from an SEC perspective, he's got 10 home runs but 28 RBIs, which wanted me to ask you the question, how was he like legitimately generating that much power, but the RBIs are not the equivalent of of what a dude this far in the season with 10 home runs is what am I missing there? Am I, am I missing something? Why is a high home run so high in the RBIs? Not so much. Well, because uh, not to, to just sound super simplistic, but the guys in front of them have, have not been getting on, on a, a consistent basis. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Not, not a single starter returns in, in the lineup outside of Jared Dickey, who made, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I've, want to say like 15 or so starts last year before he got hurt and then wasn't really able to come back 100% and, and was more of a pinch hitter uh, as the season dwindled down last year. Um, the, the the lineup has been somewhat of a revolving door as Tony Vitello tries to piece things together. And uh, there's a ton of talent there in the outfield and in the infield at, at catcher. But again, a lot of new guys and, and younger guys stepping into new roles. So trying to to fill those pieces and, and and see where each guy fits best. And they're starting to, to come in to a lineup, I, I think. Uh, but you also had the situation with Maui Ahuna, the, the transfer shortstop, right. who I'm, I'm sure LSU fans, all the college baseball fans are, are well aware of. You of stole him. Y'all stole him. Thanks. <laughs> that That's okay. I'm, I'm sure Tony Vitello would like to say that uh, LSU stole Tommy Tanks <laughs> and Paul Skeens. So, uh, they, they, it, it's funny. Right. LSU, Arkansas, Tennessee, it's always the, the same teams recruiting the same guys. And no doubt. Tennessee was able to, to, to get that one for sure. But he did miss the first five, seven games of the season, and, and he's been the leadoff hitter. So he wasn't there at the start of the year. Uh, Christian Moore has been really, really good in the two-hole. Really, really good. Uh, Tennessee second baseman. I, I think he's had an underrated and one of the more underrated players in the SEC. Not enough people talk about him. Uh, he was another guy that Tennessee was glad that they survived the MLB draft with a couple of years ago. He's he's from New York, from the Bronx. Uh, and as, a, as a matter of fact, or it might be Brooklyn. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But a New York kid uh, who, who made it down here. And he's uber talented, uber talented, and, and does a good job at drawing walks. I want to say he has 24 
so far in the season. He does but, have 24. Uh, That's how you know a man knows his stuff because I got it right here. <laughs> it is 24. Yeah, it's it's just been a kind of a revolving door as Tony Vitello tries to piece together the, the lineup that he feels is, is best. Still trying to learn this team. It's still early in SEC play, and we still have two months to go before the NCAA tournament, SEC tournament. So uh, whatever lineup trots out there this weekend for Tennessee will probably still look different than the one we see in Hoover in a couple of months. But but that's been the main thing. Uh, Blake's been awesome this year, and, and I like what you said about his swing. I mean, it, I, this isn't like me being crazy. It, it looks Ken Griffey Jr.-esque. I agree with that. And, and the backswing, it, it's it's nice. And, and he has just unreal exit velocity. Uh, and, and he has been – he was in a little bit of a slump in, until the A&M series. Uh, was like 0 for 14, 1 for 15 entering the A&M weekend. So that, that had a, a little bit to do with it as well. But he, he's had a tremendous year. And if Tennessee's going to have success this weekend, they're, they're going to need him to barrel up some baseballs. Ben, do you feel the – or does Tennessee and the fans or do you feel the pent-up frustration that LSU has towards Tennessee because of how the last two years went? You know, Paul Manier, look – a lot of people wanted Paul to leave, but Paul's still Paul, right? And that was the last series that he coached in that Super Regional versus Tennessee and then last year. Do you feel like – because let me just tell you something. So the the chat knows this. I mean, every day I'm at LSU, okay? And so passing by today, they're already tailgating, which doesn't happen in a lot of places. It's because they're pissed. Do you feel that, though? Do you feel the energy of this series? Because, man, I, I will tell you, I have not seen this in a long, long time on a Wednesday that people are already getting ready to tailgate. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the energy. Maybe, maybe not the exact energy that you all are feeling um, because I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but college baseball doesn't like Tennessee. Uh, the, the college, the, the college baseball world does. does not no, like I did not Stella. know that. Yeah, they, and, and look, they they do get a a worse rap than they deserve. Uh, they they've had their moments. Look, Tony bumping the the umpire in the chest last year, uh, the the middle finger to the Georgia Tech outfielder is, as. Uh, Jordan Beck is, is rounding first base in the regional and, and Drew Gilbert had his, had his hot head moments. I get it. I really do. But I don't think, I don't think it's as much as maybe people want to make it out to be. Uh, and that that is an edge that Tony Vitello likes to play with it. And it, it, it has come back to haunt them mm -hmm. at, at times. Uh, it, it's why they've been able to elevate the program the way that they have. But it's also cost them at times, like that Notre Dame series, when Drew Gilbert gets ejected and then Frank Anderson, the pitching coach, gets ejected. And then you're playing that game three with your season on the line without a pitching coach. Uh, and you had to play one of those games without Drew Gilbert, the heart and soul of your team. And and Drew Gilbert, the, the Tennessee baseball program will tell you, is the sweetheart of, of sweethearts, as, as silly as that sounds. Like as nice of a dude as, as you're going to meet. It's just – and Tony is, is really a, a great dude as well. Mm -hmm. It's just – when, when they get in between the white lines, it's just something clicks and goes off and it's it switches and, and they're a, a different person. So I, I will stick up for them a little bit. I'm, I'm sure there are some out there rolling their eyes, but they're, they're good people. They, they just get a little too emotional playing the game of baseball at times. So because of those actions, what I'm getting to is that obviously the world of college baseball does not like them. And I know LSU fans definitely remember uh, Trey Morgan and – uh, Dylan Cruz and, and the rest of that freshman class coming up here a couple of years ago and, and Tennessee sticking it to them pretty good and Tennessee letting them know about it. And, and then last year at the SEC tournament in Hoover, 
So I, I certainly understand your frustration and the fans' frustration with Tennessee. But you got to remember, next week Florida comes to town to Knoxville, and Tennessee and Florida cannot stand one another. The next week Tennessee goes to Arkansas, and uh, Dave Van Horn and, and Tony Vitello aren't necessarily on the same page uh, at the moment. You'll have to go back and look on YouTube. Yeah, they got into uh, it pretty heavy. Yeah, Yes, mm-hmm. they, they did, and, and that was no coincidence. And uh, Arkansas fans, LSU fans may be pissed at Tennessee and, and not like Tennessee. It's not to the level of Arkansas fans. I, I can assure you mm-hmm. that because Tony used to coach there. And, and then the week after that, Vanderbilt comes to town, and Vanderbilt is by far Tennessee's biggest baseball rival. So, and then South Carolina at the end of the season, it, it in true Tony Vitello fashion, it's a, it's a different storyline drama wise each and every single week. So I, I am very excited about the series. I feel the energy, but probably not from the standpoint of LSU fans, because I'm used to this conversation surrounding Tennessee each and every week. Makes sense. Two more, if you have time and and I'll get you out of here. It's interesting because you brought up that last point, and I wasn't going to ask you this, but I kind of have to now. Like, LSU goes to South Carolina next week, and South Carolina has Mississippi State this upcoming week. They might be not – Ben, they might – South Carolina might be 9-0 in the conference this time next week. That is insane when you think about it. Kentucky is rolling. Missouri and not taking a shot at Tennessee, I'm really not – but the, the sweep, and then they uh, look. They got swept by South Carolina. But if you watch any of those games, both of them came down to extras or the ninth inning that South Carolina had to take to win both of them. Do you think that of all sports, all sports, that SEC baseball is the deepest without question? Because I try to, t- I, I yell at everybody about this, and everybody tells me I'm wrong. I know that I'm not. What do you think? Oh, you're one thousand percent correct. I know. It's, it's not even a com. It's it's not even a conversation. And and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but like if if you don't understand that, then you just don't pay attention to SEC baseball. And that's fine. no doubt. Everybody has their, their their sports that you like, and SEC football is awesome. Obviously, that that's the breadwinner in in the South, right? But uh, and SEC basketball has become a beast as well. I mean, just look look at all the coaches from top to bottom in, in the league right now. I mean, a, a guy like Chris Beard going to Ole Miss, and I realize that he has had his issues this calendar year. But right. still, Chris Beard at Ole Miss from a basketball standpoint is, is pretty mind-blowing, especially when you consider all the coaches that, that are in the league already. But SEC baseball, it, it's just – it's different. It, it literally – means more i i think honestly the the sport that would have the the biggest argument with it would be softball because softball's the the same way and and oklahoma's coming in in the conference too yeah and then i know you're speaking to softball about that but texas with with baseball right men's basketball and and football with both of those brands it's just different in the sec that's just that's just a fact that no matter which way you you slice it so yeah it's a beast uh, right now, there's only one bad team in the SEC, in my opinion, and, and that is Mississippi State. Uh, maybe Alabama. I, I thought they mm. were a little fraudulent because they, they played a, a very soft non-conference schedule and their record looked pretty because of it, like it does every year, and then they finally get in the conference playing. No, Alabama scheduling soft people to look good? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'll let you handle, handle that <laughs> one. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the SEC baseball is a beast. 
it's an absolute beast. SEC softball is, and, and you mentioned kind of baseball being more popular than basketball at LSU earlier. And I, I think it's a, a, a natural thing because people in the South typically prefer baseball to basketball. So I, I think that's why it's latched on so much and, and so hard. But yeah, SEC baseball is a beast and Missouri's really, really good. Tennessee, that, that was an embarrassing series for other reasons because they, they didn't really respond to adversity and, and kind of the effort wasn't what it needed to be. But Missouri's a, a real deal good baseball team. And, and I think it's going to be very similar to kind of how Ole Miss made its run last year to where Ole Miss didn't look good during the regular season. But then because the SEC really beats up on one another, all these teams get into the NCAA tournament and they beat up on everybody else. I don't think that that's a coincidence. Ben, without question, you're spot on. Before I get to this last question, Ole Miss is the best 0-6 conference team that I've ever seen. in the Dude, they absolutely mash. Okay? Like, they they got up against Florida, right? They went up against Vandy. Just two teams right now that are better than them. They still hit them at a high level. They're still really good. All right, last one. I can't let you leave here without a football question. Joe Milton. Is he going to be the dude? I think so. I, I think so. Uh, he, he has a lot to prove, um, but I, I am buying Joe Milton stock uh, cautiously, though, if you couldn't tell from, from my <laughs> I can tell. So Nico looks that good. I'm sorry, but Nico looks that good so far. Is that is that your hesitation? No, it's, it's more of a Joe Milton okay. hesitation just because it, it's a small Joe Milton sample size. Right. Uh, kind of the, the revamped Joe Milton that we saw to end the season. It, it's it's a small sample size. Uh, I, I do think Joe improved greatly from year one of Heupel to year two. You could see that in the cupcake games earlier in the year when Hendon Hooker was getting all the shine because year one he was throwing overthrowing everybody. I right, mean, the passes weren't even close. wasn't showing much touch on the on the football. Uh, wasn't showing a, a ton of awareness in the pocket. But even in those early September and October games when Tennessee was playing the cupcake games, I mean, you, you could see it in, in you know, garbage time. I know it was against cupcake teams, but touch carries and, and pocket awareness carries uh, against Alabama, LSU, or Tennessee Martin, right? You either have it or you don't. And uh, I kind of do think that that's something that you either have it or you don't. But he did show improvements in that area, and it's going to be real important for him to continue to improve in that area. There, there's not a, a quarterback in the country that's more physically gifted than Joe Milton. If he comes in and balls out this year, he will be a top five pick, no doubt about it. Maybe the number one overall pick. Uh, very Jamarcus Russell-ish, in my opinion. Oh, that in, name in doesn't go around good here. <laughs> uh, arm strength. I, I know. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't, but – uh, he he has a ton of potential, and, and he has taken huge steps forward, both as a leader, which is obviously very important as a quarterback, and, and as a passer, and just simply as a football player. And, and Josh Heupel and Tennessee's new offensive coordinator, Joey Halsley, have a lot to, to do with that. So I, I'm banking on the system and Heupel and Halsley, and also just seeing the improvements that he made from uh, year one to year two, his, his first offseason under these coaches, now a, a second offseason, under the same coaches, it's his job. I, I think he will have a, a big season, but I, I, I think it's only fair to be hesitant with, with saying that and, and walk into those expectations cautiously just because you are working with a small sample size. That pass he threw the squirrel against Clemson in the end zone, 
that it easily shows you that he's worked that he's progressed a lot. I am interested to see what he looks like full time. That is Joe Milton. All right, Ben McKee, you can follow him. Um, why don't I let you do it? Because you know about more about your Twitter than I do. But from Vols two four seven, Ben, thank you so much. But plug where everybody can follow you and everything that you guys are doing. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Happy to join anytime at Ben McKee fourteen on Twitter and. Uh, we'll, we'll have the, the coverage from the Tennessee side of things at Go Vols 247 all weekend long if, if you want to check out the Tennessee perspective. Tony <laughs> Vitello is always good for a quote, always good for a quote, as I'm sure the people know. So if you if you want to get the good Tony Vitello quotes, we'll, we'll have them over at Go Vols 247. We are um, – sources have told me that uh, we're going to send two Ed Orgeron-sized blondes at Tony Vitello when he makes landfall in Baton Rouge so we can distract him. That's what I heard. So well, you just just remember that Tennessee fans are not too fond of uh, Ed Orgeron, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and they love Tony Vitello. Tennessee fans love Tony Vitello. So I can tell. LSU fans can can pull what they want to pull, but I'm sure Tennessee fans are, are more than willing to, to punch <laughs> right back and, and try to punch even harder. Awesome, Ben. You're a great man. We'll have to bring you on again soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Blake. Enjoy the baseball. All right, you too, man. That's Ben McKee from Vols247. Talk about an absolute stud, man. That was great. That was good. That dude That dude was good, man. I mean, I'm going to miss this segment, and I'm okay with it because of how good he was. That was some great stuff. All right, guys, we'll be going live tomorrow after the LSU-Tennessee baseball game. We'll be doing a post-game show from it. We're going to just push some of the stuff until tomorrow. But until then, we will talk to y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 